It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.08 on a Saturday morning. It is Lawn and Garden. And you're here and I'm here and we will learn about gardening together. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful in whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. I mean, this morning, okay, it's a little misty, it's a little warm, probably not going to get out and garden before the sun comes up. But if you have questions about what you need to be doing this weekend based on the weather forecast, if you have questions about something you did already and it hadn't turned out exactly like you thought it would, Give me a call. Hey, just give me a it's, it's telephone. You can use it. I know you can. Cell phone, landline, doesn't matter. 404 872 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750 gets you in, and early in the morning is a reasonably good time to have a good chance of having the phone be answered by the lovely, the talented Miss Ashley Frasca. And perhaps if Ashley is out of the room visiting with Veronica Harrell, then Scott will answer the phone. But those are the only two people you'll likely talk to this morning. If it's a guy, it's Scott. If it's a lady, it is Ashley. Yeah, I didn't say girl. I said lady. Yes, woman person. Uh, you know, the, the other kind for me and Scott. Yeah, that's exactly right. Again, the number 404-872-0750. Well, I got another opportunity to go to Gibbs Gardens this past week. Erica Glazner, my co-author of several garden books, and I, Erica is now the marketing manager at Gibbs Gardens, and so she said, "Hey, let's do a let's do a book signing, okay?" And so we decided to do it this past Thursday, and had pub- promoted it and publicized it a little bit. I'll be honest; it was raining when I got up that morning, and I thought we're going to have. 10, 20 maybe people show up at Gibbs Gardens to do a book signing and answer some garden questions there. I got there and there were easily 80 in the tent when I got there and over the morning, over a couple hours that we were there, more and more people came in and we sold just about every book that I brought. Boy, was it great. And Gibbs Gardens can't look better. Fabulous place. Lots of trees and some flowers coming in, coming out. The daffodils are pretty much all gone, but the Japanese maples, oh man, oh man. The crab apple that was blooming the other day, fabulous, fabulous plants. Gibbs Gardens up in Ball Ground, Georgia. You could either, let's see, go up 400 and get off at McFarland Road. You can go up 575 and get off and sort of wiggle around until you get to... Get to ball ground, Gibbs Gardens, bunches of fun. And Ashley, we'll talk to Ashley in a few minutes about the Atlanta Botanical Garden, which also this time of year looks pretty daggum spiffy. So even though it's raining, you can sometimes get a little beauty in the garden. You can get a little flower, a little flower touch here and there. And one of the things that's blooming in my garden are the Japanese irises, which Erica uh, I think it was about two, maybe three years ago, and I was bragging to her and said, I got me some Japanese irises. And she looked at me with a very worried look on her face, and she said, be careful. Some of them are really sort of thuggish in the garden. And I thought, an iris? No, not an iris. Iris are they get the pretty white, pink, you know, sort of reddish, bronzish blooms on them, and they just sit there, and they bloom, and then they go away. They don't do anything, do they? Well, this year I'm out looking at the Japanese iris plot where I planted maybe three plants three or four years ago. And now it's spread to about 20 feet by 20 feet, 30 feet by 30 feet. They're all over the place because they do spread pretty aggressively. They are sort of thuggish in the garden. 
And when I told that to Erica, she just laughed and laughed and laughed because <laughs> she was right. She was exactly right, and I did not know how how expansive, how friendly, shall we call it, the Japanese irises that I bought. And maybe some some varieties are less or more aggressive than others, but I certainly learned my lesson. And if anybody needs some Japanese irises in my neighborhood, hey, come get them. You can have them. I'm not digging them up. You come dig them up, <laughs> and you can have them. You learn about things like this. That's why the beauty of this radio show is that after 30-some-odd years, of gardening and observing what plants do, I have an idea of what's going to happen for you. And even though right now your Bradford pear looks pretty good, it's got the white flowers in the spring, I can tell you what's going to happen in 5, 10, 15 maybe years from now with that Bradford pear. You learn a lot. I learn a lot. I'm always learning about things. Oy, sometimes not things I want to learn about. 404-872-0750. Joining us this morning, the lovely, the talented Nicole from Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Reeves. Mr. Nicole, it's great to talk to you this morning. Same here, same here. I think sometimes we should know this thing before we plant. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to look it up. But I, you have been seduced by a plant at the garden center. I know you have. That just says, buy me, buy me, buy me. And you don't look it up, and then only later do you see what's what's happening with that plant. Ah, tell me about it. Yeah, have you have you ever planted something you think, man, this one went further than I think it should have would have. Ivy, more right. ivy, <laughs> and vinca. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. More, more to give away. You know, when I see a house, I see a woman that should have a lot of stuff around the house. Yeah. I leave it some in the morning, you know, early. She don't need to know what it is. But I know she they can use it, you know, more to give away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I've got um, plants in my garden. I've got one called Eco-Lacquered Spider, and the common name is Green and Gold, but Eco-Lacquered Spider is the variety name. And that bad boy is all over the place, underneath my azaleas, underneath the ferns, sometimes over the top of the ferns. Another plant that's real pretty in the spring, really spreads fast, but there are times when I wish it was a little less friendly. Because our climate allow it, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we have a nice, long-growing season where it's warm, where it's above 55 degrees, and then the winters are usually not so bad, and plants here... Oof, they, they enjoy it. They say, let me go. Let me go grow somewhere I want to. What do you think about Japanese maples this time of year? Mr. I always think that whenever we plant something, it should be meaningful. Okay? Maybe. I had this old man. He was 96 years old. We go to breakfast. He had a greenhouse, right. and I learned a lot from him. One day he brought me two Japanese maples, exactly the same. Yeah. Okay? And I planted them. One in the front and one in the back. Yeah. One in the front is full sun. It's bright red. The one in the back is fully shaded. It's bright yellow. <laughs> and I said, two exactly the same, but I'll look at the environment. Yeah, exactly but every right. time I look at those Japanese maple, I think about him. And I'm much, you know, he changed. So it's meaningful, meaningful that you have those yes. two Japanese maples and the two of them distinguished from each other a little bit by the color of the leaves, depending on the environment in which they live. And you know, that's true for people too, Nicole. There's some kids who just seem to thrive no matter where you put them. They're going to be the top kid in the class or the top kid at the camp. And there are other kids you think, oh, bless your little heart. You're going to have a hard time in life. Yeah, things are different for plants and people. Yeah, oh yeah, because they have obstacle they have to uh, go through big time yeah. and they made them stronger you know Some if kids, you yeah. you know 
I think that you and I probably had some hard knocks in our earlier life. I mean, certainly growing up on that little bitty tiny farm in which my uh, dad and mom brought in five children that, uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest environment for a kid to grow. But my parents were both very confident that we were, A, pretty smart, and B, going to go to college, that their attitude and their leadership for us certainly made us, all my brothers and sisters, and perhaps including me, uh, made us be able to, to survive in the world. Because they stayed together and there was no kamikaze. Peace <laughs> and quiet inside the house every day. You Remind know? me again how many brothers and sisters you have, Nicole. Well, it was 12 of us, Mr. Reed. Oh, a dozen children. Oh, my gosh. How old is the oldest and how young was the youngest when they were born? Youngest is uh, 50. Uh-huh. The oldest is 73. So I was uh, almost at the end. But, I mean, look at the memories now. The oldest know exactly what we're talking about because you remember everything, <laughs> you know. But the youngest don't know a thing because we already moved out the farm, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, uh, but still, you know, it was just a great environment on the farm. Yeah. They never scare, uh, open the door. My mother said, just say to go to the the river sometime in, in springtime as well. <laughs> The only way, you know, that was the only fear. So we go with the current, yeah, you know. Yeah. But beside that, boy, it was wide open. Could never make more better memories than this. I guess know? not. And you know, my parent, my kids, uh, my kids, my siblings. This past uh, week, we were talking about my mom and dad and trying to fit the pieces together of a certain puzzle we have with my father and and where he got that particular characteristic. And of course, he's he's passed away now. He's been gone for 15, 16 years. And so we can't ask him. My mother, of course, is in hospice and has very little ability to make words, so we can't ask her. So the five of us are sort of making the family history out of our own memories, like your your oldest sibling there can make the family history and remember things that happened way before the youngest was born. And the more we grow older, it don't take much to uh, in our brain, just a little detail. Yeah. Boy, you just go back in time, big time. I cannot smell Crest toothpaste without remembering my mother and father using Crest toothpaste when I was a kid. Oh, boy. Smells. Smells are very, very, you know this too, Nicole. Smells are one of the things that bring back memories. Oh, you know, everybody that has, has grown up with lilacs, if they had lilacs in their garden when they were kids, now they've moved to Georgia, they want that smell of lilac because they just have so many memories attached to it. Yeah, us, it was a wild raspberry because we follow our father tractor. Yeah. And you just cut them. We just had to pick them up. But the smell. <laughs> I heard you. Like just like that, <laughs> Nicole. I got to look. Got to get out of here. The clock is ticking, and we got to go. But it's great talking to you this Saturday. Enjoy your day. You too. We'll see you soon at six eighteen at News Talk WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know, if you had a Bermuda lawn, this would be a pretty good day to fertilize. They're up above 70% greened up, most of them that I see. And so if you can sort of watch out and see what the rain is doing out there, get your fertilizer spreader out, fertilize Bermuda lawns, wait for the rain later this afternoon to sort of wash it into the soil. All is good. That's what you do based on the weather today. Overnight, we'll have a 50% chance of rain. Afternoon highs today in the mid-70s. Very nice outside. Clouds remaining tonight low in the low 60s and a 
100% chance of precipitation overnight. That's why fertilizing Bermuda lawns would be awesome today for a full weekend forecast. It'll come up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Oh, I've got a great question coming up in the next half hour. Keith in Bogart has something happening to his crepe myrtles. Yeah, I want to talk to Keith. David and Tucker wants to ask a question about lilacs. David, I guess, wants to have the smell of lilacs in his garden. Right now, Billy in Snellville joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Billy. Hey. Hey, hey. I got me some hollow boards, and I looked at my tag, because I say my tag, yeah. and it said split them after four to five years. And I looked, I write down everything I plant in my journal. Yeah. And they've been five or six years, and so uh, they're about six, seven-inch diameters. And do you dig the whole plant up, turn it upside down, and split them like irises? Sort of. You just take <laughs> sort of. They're not like an iris that has a great big thick rhizome that you can generally use a knife to cut it apart from the from the main mother plant. But you're right. The first process is to dig up the hellebores, turn them upside down, maybe take a water hose and wash some dirt off of it. Sometimes, Billy, there is a single plant there and you just can't divide it. It's got a real thick stem and there's no other offsets to, to saw apart. But sometimes there might be one or two or three little bitty hellebore plants right there at the base that came up from seeds that came, you know, several years ago and so you just take your luck you take your hose wash off the dirt and see what you see and if it can be divided then get off the little babies and plant them somewhere else you just you just helped me out a lot buddy i mean <laughs> I, you just flat did it to me i'm glad i got up and waited for this phone call. billy it's Thank my pleasure so my pleasure talking to you thanks for calling Thank you, sir. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Billy's place. We've got a lot of things to talk about this morning, including more about fertilizing the various lawn grasses if you need to know what to do about St. Augustine grass or fescue grass or something like that. The number again, 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after news. The Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 635 and 63 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, a Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful and to bring a little happiness into your life as well. All you got to do is call me, 404-872-0750, just like Keith and Bogart did a few minutes ago. And here's Keith on the line. Hey, Keith, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm all right. So what did you see? What do you see it on your crepe myrtle? Well, I have some. Uh, they're pretty mature. They're about three, four inch uh, on the base. Yeah. And there's a little hole, and there's just looks sap or something weeping out of it. It started with one, and now there's several on the on my crepe myrtles. Hmm. How about that? I'm going to give a public shout out to a guy named Chris Waters, who's in the landscape maintenance business, who sent me back Wednesday, I guess, of this week, exactly what you described. Uh, Keith, he had two or three or four crepe myrtles and maybe a property that he was maintaining, and they had the oozy, gooey stuff coming out of the trunk. Yep. He says, I'm going to associate this with Asian ambrosia beetles, but I want you to confirm it. 
And when I looked at it, and he, I asked him a couple of questions, and he confirmed that that's what he saw. The little holes that Asian ambrosia beetles make when they bore in in a previous year are now leaking sap from that crepe myrtle out of the holes and making this gummy, oozy, sappy thing that bugs sometimes. You'll see little noceums and flies and things like that will come up to it and drink because it's a little fermented, and they like to have a little alcohol in their diet. <laughs> so that's what you have. There was a damage. There was a hole made in the trunk by an Asian ambrosia beetle, a little bitty 16th of an inch, maybe an eighth of an inch big hole. And now with all the sap rising and going up and down in the crepes, out it comes, gets a little yeast on it, ferments, and all the... All the creatures that like alcohol come see. So that's what you got, Keith. Okay. It won't hurt it or anything then? Nah. nah. I mean, you wash it off if it's objectionable, but that's about all you do. Okay. Good deal. That's what I need to know. I appreciate it. You bet, Keith. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. I'm just so thankful that Chris sent me those pictures because if he had not sent me pictures of what's going on with the crepe myrtles and the Asian ambrosia beetles, then I wouldn't have had quite the same amount of information that I had to be able to talk to Keith about that. Send me pictures, you know, if you want to on my website. You can down at the lower right-hand corner where it says Contact Walter. It'll open up an email program, and you can send me pictures. Or better yet, if you have things that need identifying, you can go to uh, Name That Plant. That's part of the Walter Reeves website as well. And we'll name whatever you got. Our friend David is out in Tucker this morning and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, David. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, speaking of lilacs, if someone had brought them up to me uh, as, a, as an aromatic and butterfly attractor, and I wonder if they would uh, serve a job by putting them down by my curb, but I, I got a smattering information, of course, the usual full sun, and also they need good drainage, maybe yeah. a little sand. In the yeah, mix. yeah. Uh, you're, David, about, you're yeah, breaking up real badly, so get uh, to your question so I can get to okay. that. Okay. Um, I heard they can mature. It takes them three years to mature. How big do they get, and how much work do they require? It, yeah, I would say that's about right. Three years to get to maturity. If they start out at about two and a half to three feet, maybe when you buy them in a nursery, it'll take about two to three years before they'll start being mature enough to make a flower on it. So that's correct. And frankly, how big it gets is all variety related. There's some lilacs that they're close to 20 feet tall. And then there's some lilacs that may get up to five or six feet tall and never get any any size above that. So you just have to look up the variety on Google or something and, and see which, uh, which size you got. And yeah, I think well-drained soil. I've got two, three now in the backyard that bloom every spring, have just amazing amounts of fragrance, big white flowers on one, big purple flowers on the other. And if you choose the variety that doesn't have to be chilled as much as they did up north, or as they do up north, then you can find varieties that grow here and bloom, and all the lilac people will love them to death. Let's see, you got uh, White Angel is one I have in my yard. There's Purple Night or something purple, something or others in the name there. Uh, Miss Kim is one we've used a lot in the south because it has little bitty lilac blooms and doesn't require a lot of chill hours on it. Um, if you go to my website, David, you can look and just type the word lilac in there, and there's about five or six other uh, lilacs that do pretty well down here. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, sir. Thank you for calling. As a matter of fact, on the lilac that I have in the in the backyard, I got it, you're right, when it was about two feet tall, and it looks so cute. <laughs> you know how this is. They just look nice. And I was reaching for my wallet to go at the nursery when I saw this one. I didn't select it particularly because it could grow in the south, but because it just looked nice in the pot. And I planted it in the backyard in a raised bed between two other raised beds. 
And now I gotta prune the darn thing because it just gets all over in my face when I'm in the other place. You plant my tomatoes and things like that. So mine is a very narrow lilac. It is a narrow lilac, probably about ten, I guess, feet tall, and uh, it's been limbed up a good bit so I can get underneath it and do what I have to do in the other raised beds around. So that's another good thing. Read the label, find out how big it's going to get. You don't want to put it right next to the right next to the front door. Doug is out in Roswell. Has a question about a particularly popular topic for the last couple of weeks. Hey, Doug. Good morning, hey, Walter. We, uh, we have a screened-in porch. My wife has been bugging me about putting the furniture back on, and yeah. at this point, the yellow snow is still around, and yeah. we've uh, blown it off and washed it off. Am I safe to put furniture outside at this point? There's not much left. I mean, when the pine trees and other trees that shed pollen did all their shedding about a week to a week and a half ago, I guess, when it was just mm-hmm. yellow clouds as you drove down the street. You see the stuff coming out of the pine trees. But enough rain has fallen, I'm sure, in the last couple of days to wash most of the pollen out of the male cones on trees. I'm sure there's a little bit left, all right, but how much is enough to allow you to put the furniture back on the porch? I can't predict that, but I would say that for the most part, we're finished with pine pollen. If there's another 10% that's still left, you get a little dusting of pollen on the furniture, but it won't be much. Are there other dusting kind of things coming up in the next couple of months that nah. I'd be concerned about? Nah. The real reason that pines and a lot of the trees do this uh, pollinizing or release of pollen, I guess, in the spring is they don't rely on insects. And so as the summer goes along, as more insects become popular, then the trees that rely on insects for their uh, pollination, like peaches and apples and uh, pears and things like that, they will start blooming. But their pollen is held pretty tightly in the flower, unlike pines and spruce and other evergreens in the spring, which rely on air, basically, to transport the pollen around. So there won't be much coming up from other trees at all. Very good. Good report. I appreciate it. Thank All right, man. Thanks for calling. You know, I looked on the on my website. I think it's a page on pine pollen that tells you exactly how to predict when the pine pollen is coming. Frankly, I can't remember now what it said because I wrote that down several years ago. But there is a way actually to predict when the pine pollen will start. Not so good on when it will end, but when it will start, go to WalterReeves.com and just look up pine pollen and get some details about what temperatures are needed and how long it has to be, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And I'll give you more information about it, Doug. At 6.43, that gives Lee her turn. She's got something that she wants to plant, and I may be having to rain on her parade a little bit. Lee, good morning. Oh. Hi, Walter. I'm, I have a big an acre of shady land, shady yard, yeah. and I'm wondering if I can plant impatience yet. It's, I'm seeing it in the big box stores. You're seeing a lot less in the big box stores yeah, than there used to be. They do have it. Yeah. Well, the story is basically this, and I told the Master Gardeners down in Fayette County, I went down there earlier in the week and did a little talk for them and showed them pictures of what the disease impatience downy mildew looks like. And it has only been in the south for four, maybe five years, I guess now, this impatience mm-hmm. downy mildew. But it has wiped out impatience gardens, maybe like yours potentially would be, all over the place. Mm-hmm. I, I have pictures on the website of just big beds that are just melted away, and the backside of the leaf has this little fuzzy white stuff on it that's uh, the downy mildew spores. So that said, if you have a garden plot in which you're going to plant impatience by seed, Probably the seed do not have any downy mildew spores on them. You can plant them, and the impatience will come up and they'll bloom. 
But if there's any transferal from, say, an impatient you buy at the big box store that might have been exposed to the downy mildew spores, or if you get some from a neighbor, let's say, and she had it in her garden and you put it in your garden, it is a virulent disease. And that's why the big box stores and pike are very reluctant to carry it much of anymore because it just dies because of impatient downy mildew. Okay. Not so, the greatest news. I know you love impatience and you want to have impatience, Lee. My yard hasn't looked good in about five years. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, you need sun. I mean, from the tone of your voice of describing the, the, the landscape, it just seems to me that you probably need more sun in order to have more flowering plants. Right, but, right. You know, there are plenty of foliage plants, hostas and azaleas and variegated Solomon seal and ferns and lots of shade-tolerant plants, but uh, a lot of the flowering things need more sun than you're giving them. That's true. That's true. Well, is there any hope? Do you think that eventually the impatience will uh, will be able to plant it, or are they going to uh, figure out a way to... Uh, we, there are some plants, like New Guinea impatience, which is the right. same as the southern impatience, but New Guinea impatience are completely uh, disease-free. They don't get the downy mildew much at all. So you can use yeah. them. And there, some of the begonias and but look pretty nice in the shade. I'm sure there are others, and I'm sure also that I have a list of things that I wrote about three years ago about what you can use in your garden that will take the place of the downy, the mildew-infested impatience. So I know there's a list somewhere around of what to plant instead of impatience. Okay, I'll check that out. All right, Lee. Thank you. It's great talking to you. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Linda is in Atlanta, and Linda has a well, a comment, let's say, about pollen right now. Hey, Linda, good morning. Well, good morning, Walter. How are you this morning? I'm bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, pretty well, yeah. Good. So, continuing this discussion on pollen. Yeah. So, now I know from the previous caller that the trees don't use bees to pollinate, so the, the pine trees have to shake all their pollen in the wind to get pollinated. Exactly. So, do you have any thoughts on why why it is affecting people so much worse now than it did like years ago. For example, when I was a kid and running around outside, yeah. we never worried about what the pollen count was. Right. And it never seemed to right. affect anybody. Right. I moved down here in 87, and all of a sudden in the last few years I've had to take medication when these pine trees start spitting pollen. I never had to do that before. You know, that is a really good comment because you're right. When I grew up down here, and I'm native Georgian Southerner and have been around pine trees all my life, but to my knowledge, when I was a kid, I don't remember anything being covered in pine pollen enough to write your name on the car hood. Right. It's only, what, the last 10 maybe years that we've had anything like the, the huge clouds that get all over the suburbs. I don't know why that is particularly. And the pollen counts are like up to 6,000. Oh, yeah, right. You would think, you would think that um, cutting down all these trees would help us with the pollen count mm. instead of making it worse. Well, I don't know that it made it worse, but yeah. it's certainly true that extremely yeah. high is above 1,000. So yeah. when you get 6,000, it's sort of, oh, man, we're going to have a lot of pollen I today. Know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. If anybody else, if any listener, maybe a botanist or somebody who uh -huh. has some thoughts about this, if any listener has an explanation of why we never had, to my memory, never had any conversation about pine pollen when I was a kid, but now we do, hey, I'd love to hear the theory. I'd love to know what you think. We'll find out. Maybe we'll find later this morning, Linda. Keep listening. We'll see if anybody has any comments about that. It's 648 at News Talk WSB. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. It's time for a weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You don't think of Scott Maxim, our engineer, as being a poet. Yet he penned these lines, rain, rain, here to stay, the sun comes out another day, which pretty well could, pretty well describes our weather for today. Nothing but clouds all day long, 50% chance of showers today, and then the highs will peak around the mid-70s, so it's going to be nice, it'll just be possibly wet. Overnight clouds remain with a 100% chance of rain, thunderstorms until morning, overnight lows somewhere around the low 60s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Brother Jack, driving around 285, trying to find the end, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jack. How you doing? I'm all right. What you need? Well, Governor Deal signed the bill allowing uh, um, cannabis oil to be used for different medical reasons here yeah. in the state of Georgia. Right. But the surrounding states it's still illegal right so somehow or another they got to figure out how they're either going to grow it mm-hmm. talking about the wildwood flower <laughs> or uh, <laughs> uh i suppose I, I believe they'll probably just go around to all the law enforcement agencies and take everything out of the evidence lockers first <laughs> that would be the <laughs> they probably got a quite a bit uh, quite a stash there but Eventually, they're going to end up having to either grow it here yeah. or find a way to get it into the state to be processed. To be legal. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think you're right, and people have pointed that out. I saw in the AJC there was an article about exactly that. Okay, it's legal to consume in Georgia. Deal signed the proclamation of the law the other day, but how are you going to get it from Colorado, California, someplace else? Exactly. Right. I don't know the answer, Jack. That's a Herman Cain kind of question. He may know. He may have some thoughts about the legality of of cannabis oil and how you get it here in the state, but at least it is legal once you got it and you're inside the Georgia borders, you can keep it. And if you got people who are uh, listed in the law as being uh, eligible to have it, so it's hard to know at this point what the final answer will be. But again, get Brother Herman Cain or Sean Hannity might have an answer. Eric Erickson might have an answer. That'd be a good one to talk to. Eric, I think, would be the expert on cannabis oil, and uh, we'll see what they say. Hey, Jack, thanks for calling. i got to get out of here. It's 6.58 at News Talk WSB. Back right after news. Let's move down here the age of 18. She blew the boys away. It was more than they had seen. I was introduced and we both started grooving. She said, I dig you, baby, but I got to keep moving. <laughs> 